Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Jesus Christ is often thought of as just a good teacher or a religious leader, uh, even somewhat of a controversial figure. And over the last uh, few weeks, a movie has been sweeping across the nation entitled The Jesus Revolution, accounting the incredible work of what has become known as the Jesus people. But who really is Jesus Christ? And what is his significance? And should he have, be having significance in your life? These are some questions that we're going to look at over the next few podcasts. Thank you for joining me today on Foundational You. I'm Dr. Dean. I'm really glad that you've joined us for this study. <clears throat> when we're thinking about who is Jesus Christ and what does he mean, uh, we need to look at what some of the world leaders say about Jesus Christ and who he is. The New Age, according to uh, <clears throat> Dan Brown in the Da Vinci Code, says Jesus Christ was a historical figure of staggering influence, perhaps the most enigmatic and inspirational leader the world has ever seen. My dear, until that moment in history, meaning the Nicene Council, Jesus was viewed by his followers as a mortal prophet, a great powerful man, but a man nonetheless, a mortal. Jesus established, excuse me, Jesus' establishment as the Son of God was officially proposed and voted on by the Council of Nisi, a relatively close vote at that. What I mean is that almost everything our fathers taught us about Christ is false. Well, indeed. And that is what you will read in uh, many of the Gnostic writings that have come out uh, of late, and even those going back to the 3rd and 4th century A.D., that Jesus Christ was merely a mortal man. And that the things that many have been taught, if they're a Roman Catholic or if they're in another Christian organization, is, is false. Is that accurate? We're going to look at that. The Muslim faith, and uh, according to the, encyclop- the Muslim encyclopedia, or more correctly, the encyclopedia of Islam by Cyril Glasse Smith, this is what, uh, what they say in that encyclopedia, that Isa Ibn Maryam, known as Jesus in the New Testament, is considered to be a messenger of God and Amashi, the Messiah in Islam, who was sent to guide the children of Israel with the new scripture The belief that Jesus is a prophet is required in Islam, as it is for all prophets named in the Quran. This is reflected in the fact that he is clearly a significant figure in the Quran, appearing in 93 verses, 
though Noah, Adam, and Moses appear with even greater frequency. It states that Jesus was born to Mary as the result of virginal conception, a miraculous event which occurred by the decree of God, or Allah. To aid in his ministry to the Jewish people, Jesus was given the ability to perform miracles, such as healing the blind and bringing dead people back to life, all by the permission of God rather than of his own power. According to the Quran, Jesus, although appearing to have been crucified, was not killed by crucifixion or by any other means. Instead, God raised him up unto himself. Now, I I think this is significant that we look at this statement. Again, Jesus, although appearing to have been crucified, was not killed by crucifixion or by any other means. Instead, God raised him unto himself. Like all prophets in Islam, Jesus is considered a Muslim as he preached that his followers should adopt the straight path, quote-unquote, as commanded by God. Islam rejects the Trinitarian Christian view that Jesus was God incarnate or the Son of God, that he was ever crucified or resurrected, or that he ever atoned for the sins of mankind. The Quran says that Jesus himself never claimed any of these things, and it furthermore indicates that Jesus will deny having ever claimed divinity at the last judgment, and God will vindicate him. The Quran emphasizes that Jesus was a mortal human being who, like all other prophets, had been divinely chosen to spread God's message. Islamic texts forbid the association of partners with God, emphasizing the strict notion of monotheism. An alternative interpretation of this theology is held by Messianic Muslims. Numerous titles are given to Jesus in the Quran and in Islamic literature, the most common being the Messiah. Jesus is also at times called Seal of the Israelite Prophets because in general Muslim belief, Jesus was the last prophet sent by God to guide the children of Israel. Jesus is seen in Islam as a precursor to Muhammad and is believed by Muslims to have foretold the latter's coming. Muslims believe that Jesus will return to earth near the day of judgment to restore justice and to defeat uh, al-Mashi al-Dayah, the false messiah, also known as the Antichrist. Now, here are some footnotes in the Quran documented by Minister Abdullah Yusuf Ali in uh, uh, 3 verse 59 the similitude of Jesus before Allah is at that of Adam he Allah created him Jesus from dust then said to him be and he was in another text the footnote that they reject faith that they uttered against Mary a grave false charge that they said in boast, we killed Christ Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah, but they killed him not, nor crucified him, but so it was made to appear to them, and those who differ therein are full of doubts with no certain knowledge, but only conjunction uh, to follow, for of a surety 
they killed him not. Nay, Allah raised him up unto himself, and Allah is exalted in power, wise. And there is none of the people of the book, Jews and Christians, but must believe in him, Jesus, before his death. And on the day of judgment, he, Jesus, will be a witness against them. Another footnote, O people of the book, commit no excess in your religion, nor say of Allah aught but the truth. Christ, the son of Mary, was no more than a messenger of Allah, and his word which he bestowed on Mary, and the spirit proceeding from him. So believe in Allah and his messengers. Say not, Trinity, desist, it will be better for you, for Allah is one God. Glory to him." Far exalted is he above having a son. To him, Allah, belong all things in the heavens and on earth. And enough is Allah as dispossessor of affairs. So clearly, in both the New Age and in Islam, Jesus is merely a man, a mortal. A man sent from God, yes, but a mortal. And according to Islam, he didn't really die. He wasn't crucified. He wasn't the, the uh, crucified for the sins of mankind. Uh, Jesus was uh, and is a prophet, but he was created by God as a mortal man. What do the Jehovah's Witnesses say about Jesus Christ? God is not a trinity. Jesus is a created man. Jesus was created directly by God from the dirt of planet Earth. Jesus then created everything else. Jesus did not bodily raise from the dead. His spirit rose, and then God took his body away. The Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God's mighty power and not a being. John 1.1 is translated, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That's the New World Translation of Holy Scripture, the 2013 revision. Notice that uh, they insert the letter A uh, and do not capitalize God in the words, the Word of God. The Word was God. What do Mormons tell us about Jesus? How do they teach us about Jesus? Well, they tell us the Book of Mormon states that Jesus was begotten of the Holy Ghost. Um, uh, And um, this is, uh, let me, I'm going to be quoting from Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th prophet of the Mormon Church, in his writings. Doctrine of Salvation, Volume 1, verse 19. Quote, They tell us the Book of Mormon states that Jesus was begotten of the Holy Ghost. I challenge that statement. The Book of Mormon teaches no such thing. Neither does the Bible. Brigham Young, in Journal of Discourse, Volume 1, 50-51, Now remember from this time forth and forever that Jesus Christ was not begotten by the Holy Ghost. And so clearly, the Mormons also teach that Jesus Christ was a mortal man and uh, not the Son of God and not conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. So how, how do these teachings match up 
with the Holy Scripture, with the Word of God, with the Holy Bible. And uh, what does what does it teach us? Well, let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. We're going to read the first few verses here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from the modern English version, which is a translation that is directly from the... Uh, uh, the original manuscripts that, that we have, and uh, not a paraphrase. And here is how it reads. God, who at various times and in diverse ways spoke long ago to the fathers through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. Both those words capitalized. His and Son are capitalized, meaning that He is divine has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the world. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of himself, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, he was made so much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they." And so the first thing that we see here is the writer of Hebrews is saying Jesus Christ is superior to the prophets because he is the one whom the prophets wrote about. And uh, that uh, uh, in previous generations, he spoke by the prophets Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He also wrote some of the Psalms. You you had uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and, and the other prophets that wrote the Old Testament. And he's saying God spoke by them, but now, but now in these days, he's speaking to us by his son. His Son is speaking to us the Word of God. As it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. As the Apostle Peter wrote in first, uh, excuse me, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and also in 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, in, uh, in chapter 1, he said this, But know this first of all, that no prophecy of the Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy at any time was produced by the will of man, but holy men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And then in chapter 3, the Apostle Peter, writing about the uh, writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote for us half the New Testament. And this is what uh, Peter said about the writings of of the Apostle Paul. Therefore, beloved, since you are Waiting for these things, be diligent that you may be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, 
Keep in mind that the patience of our Lord means salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul has also written to you according to the wisdom given to him, as in all his letters, he writes about these things in which some things are hard to understand, which unlearned and unstable distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. You notice what he's saying? He is saying the apostle Peter is saying that the writings of the Apostle Paul are Holy Scripture. So those that want to say to us that the New Testament was never accredited as Holy Scripture until sometime around 300 A.D., they are completely mistaken, going all the way back to uh, inside the first century A.D. The church considered the writings of the Apostle Paul Holy Scripture, as they did the other writings by the apostles, the four Gospels and and the remainder of the New Testament. And so what, what we see here is that Almighty God, by His Word, is declaring that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God and has in these last days spoken to us by Him. That's why the writer of Hebrews goes on in this first chapter and says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. For if the things spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first was spoken to us by his Son and confirmed to us by his signs and wonders and miracles? No, Almighty God wants us to understand Jesus Christ is superior to the prophets. And the very reason that he is superior to the prophets is because he is heir to all of creation. He made all things. He is the brightness of the glory of Almighty God. He is the express image of God. That means he is not a reasonable facsimile but he is the exact image of Almighty God. That Jesus Christ is also, uh, he is the one that upholds all things by his power. He by himself purged our sins, contrary to the New Age, contrary to the, the, the teachings of, the, of Muslims and others. And he is seated at the right hand of God. Jesus Christ. Amazing. Yes, he was a man, but he was also 100% God. 100% man, 100% God. Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me. God bless you. I look forward to you joining me next time. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.